Play Reflog Show. I'm Gabriella Cruz alongside Nick Padone and Chris McNeil. We're celebrating another Victory Monday, and it feels so good. Victory Monday on the show. You can't beat it. You know, it it, it sucks coming in here after a loss, and then you yes. just have to rehash what happened, uh, you know, the, the week before. So it is nice that we get to talk about a, a big Browns victory, but then also get ready for the Ravens because that can't just be a one-hit wonder. They get they have a AFC North opponent coming up. This AFC North is shaping up to be a tough little thing that we got going on here. Steelers keep winning, so got to gotta win these games. One-hit wonder, that is not Miles Garrett. He's a multi-hit <laughs> wonder. Okay, our, speaking of hits, our defense, I know we'll talk more about it, but McNeil, how excited are you? I'll tell you what, I had a great weekend. You talk about threes. Sometimes good things come in threes. We had the Browns win. We had the Buckeyes with an absolutely yeah. huge win on huge. Saturday night. Yeah. And then my son in football on Friday night, that was actually rescheduled to Saturday, they also won, so wore Bishop Rosecrans on that one. So very good weekend in the McNeil household, of course, capped off with our Browns yesterday. And it feels so good, so much better to be sitting here today with a nice big W under our belt. Yeah, the big play tailgate was a lot of fun. We had yeah. the stage up and rolling. We had Greg Williams up with us again. How about Greg Williams? Gre for some come get some. He's and so awesome. Yeah, we're going to be bringing Greg Williams onto the Big Play Network now. So welcome, Greg, and is along with his son, Blake. And they are indeed going to come get some with us every single week on the show, I think. And then the energy that he brings and then the knowledge him being able to stand the up block. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And break down what Jim Schwartz is doing right now with our defense and what to expect for the day. And, and he was absolutely right in all of his breakdowns of exactly how we were going to go at the Titans and kind of go after their very uh, weak pass defense and probably not run the ball you know, as much. And then defensively, we just got after it all afternoon. It's creepy how right he is, you know, when he yeah. gets breakdowns. <laughs> Um, yeah. so, okay, well, speaking of defense, we're going to bring in our guest interview today, Browns defensive tackle Shelby Harris. Let's get to it. All right, we are bringing in our featured Labatt guest, Browns defensive tackle Shelby Harris. First of all, thanks for giving us your time and welcome to Cleveland. I know you haven't been here too long. Yeah, it's cool, man. You know, I'm from I'm from Milwaukee, so you know I'm familiar with mid like, you know midwestern cities and sure. you, know, you know how they're a little bit different. And, you know, I you know I embrace it. It's, it's it's real cool. It's nice to you know be back in the Midwest, and you know it's nice to be winning. How's it been just getting reacclimated with, you know, moving and, and the family stuff and just how do you like the team? Oh, man, uh, I'd say it's uh, it's been, a, you know, an interesting journey getting moved and you know, trying to find a house, going back and forth, trying to then get the house furnished and getting, you know, all that stuff done. But it's just, uh, you know, I would say my wife's the champ. She's been really getting this all done and. And, you know, it's really been a no no issues for me. But, um, you know, team-wise, you know, I love the team. I love all the personalities on the team. I love, you know, just my, like my D-line group. Like we all, you know, we all gel really well together. We all actually like each, each other as people. And so it's just, um, it's made it very easy, you know, to to be here. 
Yeah, obviously you were you were a free agent kind of late into the process, you know, joined us here in Cleveland a little bit later into the offseason. What ultimately led you towards Cleveland and led you towards the Browns uh, when that opportunity arose this summer? Um, I honestly think that, you know, when uh, we came out here for a visit, uh, a visit, you know, they invited me and they invited my wife to come. And I think that was a big uh no, that was a that, that for us that was a big deal because you know they were involved, kind of involving her in the process, and then you know when we got here and it was just you know it's just you know talking to you know you know Coach Stefanski talking to Schwartz and it's just uh it just, it just felt like the place to be and it felt like they you know they were really going to be on the rise this year and it's really you know it, for me it's it's validating to have, you know really made the right decision. What can you say about Jim Schwartz? What do you think of him? Man, he's probably he's the best D coordinator I've played for. You know, he's just so much experience, so much. You know, he just makes the right calls at the perfect, like you know, the right times, and it's just it's real nice to you know not have to worry about your play caller and your scheme and all. Like he he you know he has that stuff jam packed, and he he really knows what he's doing. And so you know, I think it's it's nice when you have full you know, confidence in the person calling plays. What's his personality like? I feel like obviously he knows his stuff, but it's also another thing to get everybody on the same page and really behind him. What is his personality? Oh, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's real. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's honest. He's, but he, you know, he, he cracks a lot of jokes too. He's, he's hilarious. And so it's, just, um, you know, it's easy to get along with him, you know, it's, and it's easy to, work with him if you're, you know, if you're about ball, you know, and, you know, he's, he's a long time football coach. And so, you know, he's seen a lot of personalities. He's seen a lot of players, you know, throughout the years, you know, being a head coach in Detroit, you know, those years in uh, uh, Philly when, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, you know, and that's, uh, he just kind of, he gets it and he, he knows how to really, get through to players. You know, this offseason, Greg Newsom told us that he's been, he was kind of harping on that he wanted the defense to lead the league in badassery. We're through three weeks now, Shelby. You guys look like one of the best defenses in all of football. We want to hear from you. Are you, in your estimation, are you leading the NFL in badassery up to this point? Man, you know, I would say it really, here's the thing. It's like, none of, like, none of that, stuff matters until we until until we start you know unless, until unless we keep it up yeah you know what i mean like none of none of none of that stuff that we've done the first three weeks none of none of that crap matters at all because you know i've been on teams that started two and one three and oh that have ended five and twelve you know like five and twelve <laughs> yeah you know, five and eleven like those so you know it's we have so much that we can get better at and so much that we can fix that we, that, you know, that we've um, messed up in the first three games. And, and, you know, we're not going to be satisfied until, you know, we can potentially play a perfect game, which is impossible. You know, obviously you're never going to play a perfect game, but we're just never satisfied. What's your job like lining up next to Miles Garrett? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just, uh, I'm telling it's just, you know, Miles is, is a freak of nature. It's, just, it's, it's cool playing next to him. And then, but like, you know, it's just cool playing next to all the guys, Dalvin, Ovo, Jordan, Zadarius, 
you know, Alex, um, Jordan, Mo, like everybody, you know, everybody truly brings something different to the line. And, you know, it's just, um, when I, I, and that's the thing, we haven't even, you know, scratched the surface of what we really could be because everyone's still starting to get to, still getting to know each other, still getting to know how other people rush. And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see it all coming together, but it's still so much, you know, we're still so far away from what, where we could be. I love that you pointed out, it's probably given all your experience, the fact that the first few me- weeks, you know, it's it's hard to draw anything, and yeah. it really doesn't matter. He's taking, like, the zoomed-out approach here. How long do you think it takes for a team, especially with some new pieces, to really start to gel? I would truly say it takes, you know, I would, I think not really until the end of the season because it's not – you don't want to – you got to be hitting your stride right before the playoffs, and yeah. then you want to get the playoffs hot. And and so truly, like it doesn't matter how hot you are the first fifteen weeks of the season, if you're not, you know, if you're not going out there balling the last two, three, four, you know, two, three, four weeks of the season and going into a playoffs hot, and then you go out there and lose the first round, you know, that's not a. Are you going to call that a successful season? You know what I mean. So it's you know it's all about keeping your head down and just going to work. Shelby, you know, we, we were talking about Miles Garrett for a little bit there and just the freak of nature that he is any given Sunday. I want to ask you, do you got a, you have a Euro step in your bag from the interior? Man, <laughs> from when I was hooping back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, I always, I always just said this about, you know, pass rush, you know. It is, truly is like playing basketball. It's like with crossovers. It's it's the same. You, you can incorporate the same type of footwork from basketball that you can in the football pass rushing, and that's why I say that most pass rushers play different sports and played basketball because it's you know it, it just helps with your your footwork. Did you play any other sports? We also kind of want to get to know you. You know, what can we get to know about you that? Um... I don't know if that's interesting or other sports you've played. Give us a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, in high school, I played football. I played, I was, uh, what, three year varsity basketball player. I ran hurdles for a year. Okay. 100 then, or 400? Uh, both. Wow. Oof. That 400 <laughs> hurdles, my guy, that's the hardest. Uh, that's probably arguably the hardest event in track and field. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's completely awful. But. I did that my freshman year, but yeah, I was I played basketball a whole you know, a whole four years of high school. I got a couple. I actually have a couple records in basketball, and it wouldn't and it's not for what you expect. You know, given my height, I would say, you know, you would never expect me to uh, like I leave my uh, my high school in block shots, at like uh, in a career block shots in a game, block shots in a season. You know, all the block shot records I have uh, at my high school. No three point records. What's the outside Man, jumper looking I like? A, I wasn't a, a three-point shooter at all. I don't think I made a single three-point at all. I don't think I shot a single <laughs> three-point at all. All high school, it's all about getting to the cup, man, and just making plays. I, wonder, I love it. I wonder if he'd block Miles and Miles trying to dunk. Yeah, yeah, there's a little <laughs> basketball duo right there, too. I didn't think about that. Never been dunked on before, but... You know, and it's, I don't I don't plan on it starting today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we talk about this Browns defense and just how fun things have been, a lot of that has come at home, you know, at Cleveland Browns Stadium. How much do the fans play a role when, when the stadium is rocking? Do you guys feel that energy? 
Man, of course. You know, that's that's a big advantage for us, you know, is when teams can't communicate because it's so loud and they have to waste the time out or, you know, have to have to have the offenses doing one play, have the offenses doing another. No, that's a testimony to that's a testament to the fans and you know how great the fans have been here. Like we've had a real home field advantage, you know, these two home games and teams definitely feel it. And you know, the and the players, you know, we we feed off of that. Absolutely. And we want to keep, you know, I think the fans here in Cleveland want to keep feeding you guys and keep having these great defensive performances. Um, You know, six points allowed at home through two weeks. We got to keep it up, Shelby. We're so excited to have you. Thanks so much for popping on the show with us. Tell everybody where people can go follow you. We want to make sure Cleveland could give you some love on social for popping on with us. Oh, yeah, man. It's funny, I actually don't really know most of my social handles. I think it's Instagram, Shelby Harris 96, I think. And then Twitter, Shelby Harris 93. You know, but hey, hit the follow, go follow your boy. What are we calling it? Are we calling it Twitter? Are we calling it X? We're, we've had yeah. the debate on the show. We can't figure it out. I, I See, the difference is it's been Twitter for me so for so long, it'll stay Twitter. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been Twitter. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's been Twitter for us too. Well, hopefully we pack in the house for you guys against the Ravens, and we get another dub. Thanks so much for coming on and and just sharing some of your personality. It's always good to get to know the new people and make you feel at home. Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Shelby. Go Browns! All righty, good stuff out of Shelby. Um, obviously a, a big key addition to the Browns defense this year and the new look, uh, really new look defense with Jim Schwartz. Been a lot of fun. Those guys are playing inspired football. They're playing free. They're playing fast. It's all positives out of that side of the ball. And Cer- it has been all year. Certainly the best defense of my lifetime, of your lifetime, of many people's lifetimes. I go back to like the 85 Bears the way they played yesterday. <laughs> they didn't let anything go by. I, I mean, that was incredible. Memes. Those were good. Is this is this top three defense in the league right now? Top one defense in the league right now? I mean, they're holding opponents six points combined, you know, on at home at Cleveland Brown Stadium. The defense is for real. And they're going to keep this up by all indications. They're going to be in every football game because that defense is so less good. Less than 100 yards. Less than 100 yards yeah, yesterday. Okay, that was a Incredible. cute video that I liked when they showed Wyatt Teller's reaction. Did you guys see that? Yeah. And the defense when Stefanski was rattling that off. It is. It's very impressive. This is exciting. They allowed 94 yards, 68 pass yards yesterday as a defensive unit. That's incredible. And now national people are starting to take notice. And we're talking yeah. about the talking heads. You got guys like Chris Collinsworth calling us elite. I don't normally agree with Chris Collinsworth. I do in this case. So it's great to see. Finally, this defense, the Jim Schwartz defense, getting some recognition nationally because it's no secret to anybody who's been watching it so far this year. And even in the preseason, Jim Schwartz has brought a new swagger to this Cleveland Browns defense, and it's great to see. Absolutely. Before we get into fill in the blank, guys, we were talking about all the good things that happened this past weekend with the Buckeyes, with the Browns, with our tailgate. There was one other thing that I feel like we have to mention on the show, and that is our buddy Josh Cribbs was nominated again for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The fourth time for Josh. Very well deserved. We got to get Josh Cribbs into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And when you look at the way that the league is going with these kicks, there will never be another Josh Cribbs. The way that the rule changes has have happened 
NFL record with two kick return touchdowns of 100 plus yards in one single game, 11 return touchdowns, three punts, eight kickoffs, second most kickoff returns for a touchdown in NFL history. That's all on the offensive side of special teams, not to mention he was elite on kick coverage. I don't think that we need Cribs in there as a return man. We need him in as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, special teams player of all time. I'm not a Hall of Fame voter yet. My journalism career has not taken me that far. But I know a couple. Mary Kay Cabot, Tony Grossi, when you guys are filling out those ballots, give a good consideration to my favorite Cleveland Brown of all time, Mr. Josh Cribs. We got to put him in there. And that was during very lean times, as you guys know, for the Cleveland Browns. He was on special teams, returning the ball, like you said, coverage on special teams. He was playing defense at times. He played yeah. offense. You know, he played out of that wildcat. He was all over the field. He was doing everything, including serving hot dogs in the stands. It's amazing to see what he did for this franchise. During some times when you didn't have a whole lot to root for, Josh Cribs was the guy who we could root for. There were a lot of games, Chris, for me growing up, that if Josh Cribs didn't get the Browns into field goal range, yeah. that was it. You might as well have just brought out the punter right then and there. So, you know, Josh was the only option for the Browns to score. He did that plenty, but just a, a Hall of Fame career, and he deserves that recognition. The Obviously, the Hall of Fame has given him that nomination four times now, but it's time to solidify this and make Josh Cribs the next Brown into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. And and just such a likable person. He's one of those just likable figures. He reminds me of Chubb in the aspect of, um, you know, it was hard to hate him. And it's still, like, he's just so beloved. I mean, we even did that thing with him for when Joe Thomas got inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And there were even Steeler fans that were like, Cribs gave it to us, man. Like, I love Cribs. You know, like, just just that respect that he has around the league is really cool. All right, guys. Well, what do you say we move on? We, we keep talking some more Browns, some Buckeyes, and we fill in some blanks. Let's do it. All right. On a scale of 1 to 10, my confidence level in the Browns offense, because we talked a lot of defense, but offense is... Hovering about a seven. <laughs> How about a seven? I it think, was a little scary to start. Yeah. That, that was Yes, it was. A three and out right off the bat, but then obviously he got locked in, Deshaun Watson that is, yes. and was able to get this offense kind of cranking. He was very efficient on the day. We saw him a lot more comfortable, I felt, kind of going over the middle. We had talked in pregame and we talked last week on how he seemed – to, to really kind of clam up when he was going out and throwing routes out to the sidelines and he was having a harder time, or he was preferring to throw out to the sidelines and he'd clam up when he was throwing over the middle. Yeah. And uh, this time he felt more comfortable throwing over the middle. He, the sideline routes were still there. I like it when he's taking a short step back and he's firing the ball. Uh, uh, wide open receivers, and we saw that all day long from the Titans, giving us several options for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in agreement with Chris. Uh, I, I'm feeling better, but now he's got to replicate it. I mean, last year we were all feeling really good uh, about Deshaun Watson's performance against the Washington Commanders, and then it slid from there. So you you can't have a slide, especially this coming week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Things have to be uh, maintained, and and the run game they need to. That's a work in progress, but they got to keep it. 
keep figuring it out. I mean, Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong combined for 58 yards on the ground on 21 carries. That's not great. You got you got to figure that out. Jed Wills, there's that damning picture of him kind of surfacing the internet where he's blocking on the inside and the pass pressure is, is coming through on his rear end. Like they, there is still a lot of stuff that they could fix, but I, that's the best part about a victory Monday. Despite all of that, you know, negatives, they came out with a huge ass kicking victory. So a lot of positives to take away as well. Still room for improvement. Miles Garrett is a top blank number. I don't know. Number player in the NFL. So just total our rank of Miles Garrett in the NFL. Yes. Are you talking defensive? I think just overall. overall oh, defense overall. Or, or offense. I, I mean, if I'm saying defense, you could keep your Nick Bosa's, your Aaron Donald's. I'll take that Miles Garrett that we saw yesterday is elite. He's Hall of Fame. He's all time. Three and a half sacks. He's moving all over the field. That play where he's moving the line of scrimmage. And they've got two guys. Two guys for the Titans trying to chase him around pre-snap. So we're, he is so in teams' heads right now. Yeah. And what they're doing and what they're scheming, it's unbelievable. He changes the entire look of a ball game for both defensively and offensively. He's absolutely elite, and I would take him over any of those guys right now. So it was cool watching the game. Another shameless plug for the network, I guess, with, with Greg and Blake Williams. And twice he created a sack that knocked the touch out of field goal range and Huge. they said they said they would call those three-point sacks you know that they, they he took away three points from the other team and he did that twice on Sunday so that's really six points that Miles Garrett saved for the Browns so definitely the a uh, top defender in the league overall there's probably some quarterbacks ahead of him but sure yeah one of the best players overall in the entire NFL if you were to every team lost every player and you were gonna draft today you know one through whatever Miles Garrett would be probably a top 15 pick, top 10 pick, and the rest of them are probably all quarterbacks, Aaron Donald and Nick Boza. And he's fun. You know, when he's running around on the field like that, got two guys chasing him. The week before, what's he doing? He's going in between his legs or two weeks before. Yeah, with the basketball (laughs) crossovers. I mean, we've got Halloween coming up here in a few weeks. We always know he leans hard into Halloween at his house. I can't wait to see what the gravestones are going to say this year. Probably quarterbacks that he's added a few to again this year. So I'm just excited about what what he does for this defense and making us go and really just being the spirit of the Cleveland Browns, especially when you have a void with Nick Chubb gone now. Yeah. I was going to say, Miles is very superhuman-esque. And speaking of Nick Chubb, we didn't really get a chance to talk about those results that came back. My favorite meme yeah. on the internet right now, or someone tweeted, like, he's the only guy who could snap his leg in half and only have, like, a MCL yeah. tear or whatever. Yeah, yeah. really good news. Really good news. Because the way it looked, you're, you're, you're really fearful for his career. But it honestly... What do you guys think he's going to, I mean, six to eight months. Do you think he'll, he'll be able to come back next year and be? He's done himself? it once. Yeah, he's done it once. Time I think do he'll it do again. it again. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network already saying that he's planning his return for next yeah. season. Uh, it's funny to see some of the people online that are like, if the Browns make the Super Bowl, there's an outside chance that oh. Chubb would play in it. Like, yes. I, <laughs> I love that chatter. Screw it. I love that chatter. <laughs> like, We're so I'm, negative. Well, why not? Why I not feel that? like if you will ask that. Nick Chubb, that's probably where his head's at, but I yeah. don't think that will, in, in sound reasoning, let him ever manifest that. that Super Bowl. <laughs> Whatever form. <laughs>
Yeah, but I I mean just just the best possible outcome for that dude. And it was yeah. cool to see really like all oh. throughout last week the outpour of support from yeah. from around the league, you know, every player, the who's who of the league, you know, Mahomes reaching out and in the NBA, you know, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell here locally. Um, you know, his old high school put up that huge yeah, chub that banner so that cute. they ran through. So And, and then and yesterday Cream Hunt with the 24. Yeah. And then the Browns go and win by 24. I thought On the that 24. Was, yeah, wow. very well Ooh, done. Just got the chills. He is a special dude. I'm I'm so thrilled to hear that news. Just you know, you want to see good people win like that, and for our team and everything else. He'll be back. He'll be back. Okay, the Ohio State Notre Dame game was Ohio versus the world, baby. I love it. Talk about that post game interview. I, I absolutely love that. You know. Ryan Day takes a lot of heat online. Anybody who's online realizes he takes a lot of heat for his play calling. You know, that whole born on third mentality that he's been glossed with. On top of that, you got 87-year-old Lou Holtz out there questioning how hard his team is. And he all week has to hear that he's got a soft team. And what do they do? They go out there on Saturday, play a very, very physical game. Uh, and ironically, that culminates in what? A run over the over the goal line at the goal line where it's just line up R11 on your 10 in this case and see who's going to be better. Because Notre Dame only brought 10 guys on that play. We yeah. ran them all over. We ended up winning that ball game. That was huge. I didn't expect us to end up. I, I felt that that was going to go the other way. I really got nervous toward the end of that game. Kudos to Ryan Day. Afterwards, he was telling everybody, you know, everybody saw the post game, right? So I watched the post game and then I was listening to it on the radio. He went on the radio broadcast after that yeah. and then in his presser and reiterated the same exact thing Ohio versus the world, how mad he was at Lou Holtz. He was fired up. That is so he was funny. fired up. It was so funny that he cut a WWE promo about how tough his team was. And the play that he was talking about, his opponent only had 10 guys on the field. Like, I know yeah. you're fired up, Ryan. Let, let's chill out maybe a little bit about 86-year-old yeah. senile Lou Holtz. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they only had 10 guys on the field. It was a fun win. Usually, you know, you become so accustomed to watching these Buckeyes games on Saturday. And come third, fourth quarter, you're watching backups you know they're beaten down on the little sisters of the poor 59 to 10 uh but that was not what we saw against notre dame that probably was their toughest test up until penn state michigan yeah. so yeah, do you it, think it was that a good show that they're physical enough to win big games i mean they those two michigan losses they've taken in the past uh, and that's been a question mark yeah. and you also had kyle mccord the lights were brightest he looked good he outplayed sam hartman out there yeah, that, that last drive was ballsy. I mean, to, to have just kind of a lackluster Buckeye career to this point and, you know, re really some frustrating moments mixed in there to go out there and put together a game-winning drive that they were able to punch in on the goal line. Did, it was cool to see him rally like that. It was two old men being taken down, Lou Holtz, Sam Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> That's ultimately what the Buckeyes did. Kyle McCord on the field, Ryan Day afterwards, taking down those old men, the Golden Domers. Did you guys bet on the game, and where does this rank for you in terms of best OSU regular season games? I did not bet on it. I'll be honest. I was way too nervous. My head was saying Notre Dame. My heart was I saying know, Ohio State. I didn't State. do money line. I was conflicted, so I just stayed away. In terms of all-time regular season games, 
it's up there. Uh, obviously, you know, some of the walk-off performances that they've had against Michigan are always going to beat yeah. that out. I think about the one where I think it was Curtis Samuel, you know, like walked into the end zone with his hands, you know, held wide apart. But, man, that one was up there. And Chip Traynham, hell of a run at the end. I lost on one of our boosts. We had Ohio State three and a half and Ibuka to score a touchdown. Because that was Bobby and Schlegs. That was yeah. the, that was their guy that they thought was going to score. And obviously the Buckeyes just barely didn't cover that. But Bobby and Schlegs, you owe me twenty bucks. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. That's funny. Let's switch gears to baseball. It's been kind of a bummer of a season, and you know Terry Francona retiring, eleven seasons in Cleveland. What do you think of his tenure? Terry Francona's tenure in Cleveland was restorative. I, I really think so. You know, we went through that period after uh, Mike Hargrove, where we had guys like Manny Acta in here, um, Eric Wedge in here, guys that weren't exactly inspiring, I don't think, to the team. And we know the way that the Indians, now Guardians, are kind of thought of. We're not going to spend a whole lot of money. So this organization really needs some credibility. And that's exactly what Terry Francona gives this organization and has now for 11 years. And that's been fantastic. You know, you think of guys who respect him like Giambi coming here and having yeah. an impact, these veteran players. So he was not, not only able to relate to those veteran players, but also the younger guys. And that's it's always going to be the core focus of this organization with the way we go about business is developing younger guys. And he was able to do that while still relating to these veteran pieces that would come in here and make some runs. 2016 was magical. I know it didn't work out the way we wanted to, but Terry Francona was the engine that drove that season. I really feel that way. And so I'll always remember him very fondly here in Cleveland. Same. I, it was a, it was a historic tenure is my answer to it. And I think when we look back, Back on Tito in Cleveland in 20 years, we put him in the same breath as some of the great coaches that have graced this city. You know, Marty Schottenheimer and, you know, uh, I, I think Terry Lenny Wilkins. has you know, Lenny Wilkins back in the day. I think he has cash. solidified himself in that conversation for Cleveland baseball history just because of the success that he had over an 11-year time frame, nine yeah. winning seasons in baseball. That's not easy to do. It's a long grind every year. And, year and let's in, be honest, and, in this market, yeah. with the amount of resources resources you're given it's not like he's back in boston he's not getting boston resources he's not getting new york resources. he had nine winning seasons out of the 11 made the playoffs six times yeah uh let's manager see of the year thrice yep manager of thrice. the year three not times once not twice but and thrice they, cleveland only made the playoffs one time in the 11 years before <laughs> francona Good times. Good times. <laughs> we were all watching Josh Cribbs at that time. Yeah. It, it it's it's just speaks to how quickly he was able to bring turn it around. And I do I remember when he was hired, you know, it was the talk of the town. Like Cleveland baseball was really back the moment that he decided to come to Cleveland yeah. and, and lived up to that hype really from day one. What is your favorite Tito memory? Oh, I've got one. Okay. Trevor Bauer. When Trevor Bauer when, when chucked that ball, ball yeah, in Kansas City, chucks the ball over center field. What did Terry, Terry like, Frank like, Koenig? He doing? goes, yes. 
what the F is wrong with you? Yeah, and that's, that's what exactly that's what, what everybody in the stands, everyone <laughs> watching at home, everybody around baseball, everyone nationally, everyone who isn't even a baseball yeah. fan was thinking at that moment, he walked out there and said that to Trevor Bauer. What the F is wrong with what you? What the F is wrong with you? I will you? never forget that, is, that. he that's mouthed such a good one. it. And you could tell, even without the audio, exactly what he said to Trevor Bauer. And that oh, was man. the question at the moment. I will always remember that. Not only was that a crazy scene with Trevor, but then the way he reacted. Yeah, that was so great. That's a good one, Chris. Definitely. I think mine, it, it it's so cliche to say, but it, it's just all the postseason appearances. Because okay. you knew with Tito and w with the way that he would stack the pitching rotation going in, when the regular season ended and you got those couple days to get ready for the playoffs, you knew Terry was going to have the pitching rotation stacked for you to yeah. compete. And I think that was always just my, the, my favorite Tito memory is going into any series, even against the Yankees with a small market yeah. like us, you felt like you had a legitimate chance. And, you know, you take a look at some of the other sports in town, you know, basketball when you're going up against the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant, obviously you want to see the Cavs pull the upset, but the Cavs were like 17 and a half, 18 and a half point underdogs in a championship series in each and every one of those games. They realistically didn't have that great of a shot. With Terry, you always, always, always had a shot. And I think that just speaks to the type of manager that he was. My favorite about Terry Francona is just his sheer personality. Because there are so many things like in post game press conferences that are just so he makes so funny. Like when he got in the umps face, which is another favorite, uh, just always. going ballistic on the umps. Like <laughs> like I think it was last year he had an epic one where and then in the post game press conference, like he got asked about it and in his own Terry Francona way. Like you can he's so freaking likable and he's yeah. so good at compo like collecting himself and just saying something like almost comical to make light of it. And because I remember he said something to the effect of, you know, I, I was just, I was checking on his family. He was asking about my family, like saying, you know, when, when they got, it came to blows in each other's way, I was just checking on his family. He was checking <laughs> on my family and, you know, yeah. um, so just his personality and like riding around on the scooter, his scooter getting stolen. And it was like yeah. this whole thing of the town. Cause we yeah. know him by that. Cause he's freaking yep. just down to earth, just riding by on his scooter around the city. You know, he's just a unique personality so relatable down to earth and funny just and how, funny. how about his rivalry with kevin cash down there at the rays isn't that fantastic you, yeah. you spoke about his scooter wasn't it kevin cash who brought it out on the field before <laughs> batting practice yeah. and had them hit balls at it i mean they go back and forth and have things on the scoreboard yeah you know right. demeaning each other and and i thought that was fantastic it's nice that you have a guy who's old school like that who can still have fun with baseball and yeah. that's what yes, he also brought exactly. not only the success but terry francona brought some fun to that manager's office and that's why he was so timeless it didn't matter yeah. what kind of group he got everybody bought in because of his ability to really just bring fun but bring that winning element also like he was business when it was business and then he was fun when it's fun. He's a human. Like you, yeah. you listen to him talk, and it's like it's like oh, like that. You know, like his voice is recognizable. He's recognizable. Yeah. Like you said, Gab. Like it be, you, you knew that. Like if you hung out downtown enough, you'd probably see him buzzing by on right. his scooter. Like right. oh, there he goes after a game. You know, he he just became just such a known figure in in Cleveland, and it'll 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 truly be a bummer. You know, now that yeah. he's calling it because tough it, shoes, big to fill. big huge shoes to fill. Yeah. Yeah. When you one last thing, when Jose popped uh, Tim Anderson and in the post game press conference, he was like, "It's not funny, it's but not it funny. is kind of funny." It's not funny, but 
<laughs> he loved it. He loves you it just know, like we all did. He's just like everybody's dad. Like, I yeah. don't know how to explain it. He's just awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we gave him a little tribute. Same. Absolutely. And it'll be fun, you know, uh, Wednesday at the ballpark because I know they'll do a good job with it. Uh, you know, it's it's weird because he hasn't formally said that he's done, but we all kind of know <laughs> yeah. that he's done. So it's we're one of the operating, weirdest retirements that I can remember. Yeah, we're operating in a very strange <laughs> in-between. But Yeah, it's, I think he's just weary or something and he's just calling it, but like it hasn't caught up. You know, it doesn't feel real or something. Yeah. Don't you guys get that vibe? And I, and I well, think it doesn't feel final because he hasn't said anything final at this they, point. They've been reporting he's retiring, though. Because yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. he doesn't, he, like, this is just goes to show how the dude's wired. He doesn't want to make this all about, about him. him. Yeah. You know, like, he well, doesn't yeah. want this big send off. Like, he's right. literally going to have these Guardians playing until the absolute final game of the year. And then he'll come out and say, So you're saying final. he doesn't want the farewell. Yeah, tour. he doesn't want to make it about himself. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And yeah. I think yeah. that is crazy. Yeah, After how many he years? He deserves the farewell tour. are just going to go yeah, out quietly? Anybody. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. We need to do so much for this guy. And it's just a bummer we're going out like this, too, of the season. Everyone's kind of deflated. It's not good energy. He deserves a whole big party. Well, it sounds like they're going to park, pack the park for him, though, with the $11 that they're charging now for, for certain seats to try and get fans in there. And I think that's that's really well yeah. done. Yeah, go know? to the game Wednesday. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, what do you guys say we hit some bets and get the hell on out of here? Yep. Let's go. Alrighty, our big play bets this week and every week are always presented to you by our friends at Typico Sportsbook. Download Typico Sportsbook today. When you do and you use promo code REFLOG150, you're going to get $150 of bets on us plus a $30 dog pound bet to use. It's Victory Monday, so get in on all the action with Typico right now. Obviously, they have all of our favorite Browns bets, Buckeyes bets, but really get into the weeds on some of those big play boosts with us every single week we are giving you guys the best odds in all of ohio on some of your favorite teams players you name it typico has it you got to download it though to hear what i'm talking about that promo code is reflog 150 you got to be 21 years or older to gamble in ohio gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER guys our big play boost hit we're two and one on the brown season yeah. on big play boost Ooh. that's big for us that's big that always feels good. On a victory Monday, also having a few extra bucks in your pocket because of something the Browns did, That's that feels good. All right, so we're going to take a look at some of the bets this week. We're actually going to start with baseball. Guardians hey. versus Reds on Wednesday because it will be Terry Francona's last game managing in Cleveland. Guardians-Reds, it's Shane Bieber versus Andrew Abbott. Do Guardians win Francona's final game in Cleveland? I'm putting my money on yes. You got to send him off the right way, right? We haven't had a lot to play for here in the last three weeks to a month. This is one where the players can say, hey, let's get up. Let's get up for our manager, for a guy who's been around baseball for a long time. Let's win this one for Terry. Yeah, win it for Tito. I, I agree. Guardians money line. It's Bieber's second start since July. Um, and it's kind of fitting that Shane gets to pitch in this final game because just what we talked about, I'll remember Tito so fondly because of his pitchers. I mean, be, having yeah. the ability to go from, you know, just great ace to great ace to great ace. And Shane is the guy that gets to send him off in his final game in Cleveland. I think that'll be really cool. 
All right, let's go to Thursday night football. The Lions are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Green Bay against the Packers. The Pack came back uh, on Sunday in in kind of a comeback fashion. Derek Carr went out for the Saints. Lions-Packers, will Detroit beat Green Bay on the road to take over first place in the NFC North? The Lions are favored at Lambeau. How about that? How many times has that happened? That has not happened in your lifetime or my lifetime that often at all. So that's pretty wild to see. But the Lions are are a team on the come. They kind of remind me of the Browns in this instance, you know, unfortunately what happened last Monday night. Now what we're looking forward to with the Ravens, you've got to be able to overcome those teams in your division that have been stalwarts. For us, it's those two teams. For them, the class of that division is the Packers. So if the Lions are going to be the best, they got to beat the best, and it all starts in your division here. Lions won the season opener on Thursday night football, um, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. I get that the Packers are two and one. They are a good overall football team. I don't think they're great. I think the Lions have the makings of a great football team, and I think they win this game. I like that one and a half too, just being a pick 'em. I think they could easily surpass that. All right, let's go to Sunday night football. The Chiefs are nine-point favorites in New York against the Jets. Do we Zach have to Will- get this game? Zach Can we Wilson's flex this Jets. one away? Zach Wilson's Jets get another primetime <laughs> look. I have New York. I feel bad for America, really, in this matchup. But I think we do something a little bit of fun here. And we do like a Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's our guy from Cleveland Heights, dating one of the biggest superstars, dare I say the biggest superstar in America right now, in the top of her game and her prime. I think really, I haven't heard anything about this at all. <laughs> so step me through this. What is going on? So Travis Kelsey grew up crush here in Cleveland. Taylor Swift, one of the global iconic oh. superstars. They're it dating. paralyzed social media yesterday when they showed her on TV. I, I must it. have seen that screenshot five million times. It's crazy because some like worlds are colliding here. Like Swifties are now taking a look at football. And football people are like, all right, maybe I got to listen to some Taylor Swift songs. (laughs) She was up in that suite. She was like. Okay, can we break something down really quick? Because we had a question. I was watching this game with my sister, her boyfriend, and her boyfriend's brother. We were kind of evaluating when when Kelsey scored his touchdown, the body language of Donna Kelsey and Taylor. Are we overthinking it? She was extremely excited. Taylor was going nuts, crazy. But like didn't acknowledge like I feel like they needed to do a high five and maybe she needed yeah. to bring it down to like a level seven but that could just be because she's not as understanding of you know okay they're up by so many points he scores touchdowns all the time like just give it a regular this is, old whoa, whoa. this is why she we need a, a telestrator <laughs> we need a telestrator in here right now she for did, you guys right, to just go I through acted this it out for my sister I'm like don't you think it should yeah. have gone something a little more like this yeah, high five to the mom. Yeah, all right, that's yeah, great. that's Way your kid. Yeah, but instead it was yeah. like if you notice that they didn't acknowledge each other, and she was like, "That's fucking." She made it about her. not about her, but like I don't yeah. know. I think I read too much into it. I think they they could be very much like I read a little bit into it too because haven't they been dating for like seven days? Just like to, a yeah. really so, quick so meeting the family into the family yeah, yeah. suite at a game. You only get eight home games every year, you yeah. know. So to have her in the suite. 14 days this into this relationship, this it's, it's, it's moving pretty quick. And I did have a s- so similar thought. So I don't know thought. if like maybe that's where that dichotomy 
stemmed from because it was like, ah, you just got here kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, not hating on Swifty at all. I'm just saying I just noticed. Don't get those Swifties after No, no, no. <laughs> I just, I'm saying I noticed the body language. Was I overthinking it? You know, it's who, an all-time also, pull by Travis Kelsey. But I, got, I got to say, you know, is. shooters, shooters shoot an all-time pull. You know, to, to, to be at the top of your game, the best tight end in the league, to get Taylor Swift right now. I mean, Taylor Swift at any time would be huge. But Taylor Swift right now, after this big tour that she's yes. gone on, she is the super superstar in america and to have her at your game against the chicago bears all-time pull this is awesome all right better cleveland pull than mgk with <laughs> megan fox how would you power rank the both of those oh yeah hands yeah. down hands down right hands yeah. down it's crazy. A lot Taylor of Taylor Swift you know. is Taylor Swift. And then you right. got you got Rich Paul and Adele. And there no. you go. Something about these Cleveland guys. All right. So what we got to do is we got to make a Swifty parlay for yes. tr Cleveland's own Travis Kelsey. What is it with what 1989? Something with the number 89 is big in the Swifty universe. Mm -hmm. And since she's dating Kelsey, we're talking about tight ends, receiving yards, over, over 89. 89 yards. You got to go over, right? Yeah, you got to go over. Got to go positive. against the lowly Jets. <laughs> yeah. Over 89, maybe Chiefs money line. They're going to win this game just to give it a leg. And then Kelsey, anytime touchdown, that hit with Taylor in attendance. Mm -hmm. I think it could hit again against the Jets. Let's go for it. I All like right. So one. we got the Chiefs winning. Travis going over 89 receiving yards and anytime touchdown in that game. That'll be fun. You think he's got to be going to Mahomes saying, hey, get me the ball here in I, the end we zone, We were talking right? about that at halftime. You know he had to be like, okay, come on. Come like, on. Just, let's go. My girl's like right this. up there. Bill yeah, Belichick him, said that that was the biggest catch of Travis Kelsey's career. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Bill Belichick talking about it. That's how big of a deal this is right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're up by like 20 points. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so even Bill was getting in on the fun, which oh, is so just awesome. super cool. Wait, story. didn't didn't uh, the coach say he set them up? You know why are we still talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's you know the Browns won yesterday, and we're breaking down I this know, relationship. Look at us. We're it. so excited, All but right. it's crazy. The Browns did win, guys, and we okay. got to make a same game parlay for this game—a big yeah. play boost, if you will. Ravens at Browns is another one o'clock start at Cleveland Browns Stadium. It's a great opportunity for the Browns to win back-to-back, -back really big games against AFC opponents, and go three and one heading into this bye week. Absolutely huge. And the way the defense is playing, not giving up hardly anything. Hopefully that trend continues here at home. All right, so what are we thinking, Chris? Could this Browns defense keep Lamar Jackson shut down? I mean, they, they, are, they are allowing opposing teams three points in each appearance at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Obviously, that maybe won't be the truth the entire season. I think they hold the Ravens under what, 20? I like that. I like that. We're averaging what? 10 and 10 and a half, 10.7 points per game right now given up on defense. I think we can hold them under 200. It's all or under 20. I think it all comes down to how we handle Lamar Jackson. He gives us a different look than what we've yep. seen so far. Yep. He rushed for over 100 yards yesterday in a loss to the Colts. He can pass. He's got that dual threat that we have not seen certainly out of Burrow week 1 and here in the last couple of weeks. So, we'll see if the Jim Schwartz defense once tested again here whether he can come out, but I, I do. I, everything that I've seen from this defense makes me believe he'll game plan for this and he'll shut down Lamar. All right, so I've got the Ravens under 20 points. How many rushing yards do you think that they could hold Lamar under? Got to go under 100, right? Can we can we keep him under 100? Under 100? That's safe. That's safe. That's I a feel safe like one. Keep him under safe. 75? 
Under 75, I like that. Let's so go under 75. Keep Lamar under 75. The Ravens under 20 points. Do we want to add a third leg to this? Yeah, go something offensive, right? Yeah, what should we do? Some kind of a pass. Who are we going to go with? You want Amari Cooper? You want DPJ? Njoku's uh, dead. Njoku is very Njoku dude. Njoku is very dude. Is he still on the team? Should we sprinkle Njoku anytime touchdown? All right, this? let's go uh, for go it. Go crazy. Go crazy. All right, so we got the Ravens being held under 20 points. Lamar Jackson being held under 75 rushing yards. Right. And then we get crazy on the offensive side of the football. David Njoku, hey. anytime touchdown. Hey. He is so due, Gab. So Manifest it, will it into yeah. existence. And we will see you guys next week for another episode of the Reflog Show. Make sure you download Typico Sportsbook now. That promo code to do so is Reflog150. You'll get $150 of bonus bets on us plus a $30 dog pound future to bet on the Browns. We'll see you guys next week. Go Browns. Let's go three and one heading in the bye week.